gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. to another edition of the my two cents podcast this is hosted by g2 this is episode 142 and i would like to ask every single one of you how are you today i hope you guys are having a great week and if you did not have a great week i'm hoping that this upcoming week you are able to get presented with opportunities to have a great week be able to look at the glass not just half empty but half full Look at it from a different side of the world or different side of the glass. If you are presented with an opportunity that you think might be found, just try to flip it into your best benefit to make it work for you. Because that's what life is all about. We're really going to be honest. A lot of times in life, um, you're presented with crappy opportunities, but then you got to make it work. And it's always best to make it work for you. Because if you don't, you're just going to uh, wallow in that um, bad feeling that you're in. And I choose not to wallow in my bad feelings. I choose not to try to wallow in, uh, be in sorrow. I try not to. So I always try to look at things on the positive outlook. So again, if you are presented with an opportunity this week, just flip it to the best of your own ability and make it work for you and try to have a great week this upcoming week. Now with my positive affirmation out of the way, I want to start off with the uh, National Food Days of the Week. And today being September the 17th, it is Monte Cristo Day as well as Apple Dumpling Day. Now tomorrow, September the 18th, it is Cheeseburger Day. Then following that up, September the 19th, it is Butterscotch Pudding Day. September 20th, we have Pepperoni Pizza Day as well as Rum Punch Day. So please drink responsibly. Then September 21st, it is Pecan Cookie Day. Then after that, September 22nd, Ice Cream Cone Day. And to round us off, September 23rd, it is White Chocolate Day. Now, I want to talk about something that I did not know actually uh, happened until I started looking at things and started really honing in on it. Um, Libya, they suffered uh, a flooding that caused massive devastation to uh, their land, as well as killing more than 11,000 people. The Associated Press will show overshot photos of what Libya used to look like compared to when the flooding happened um, this past week, for people that were unaware, just like myself. Um, Two dams above uh, Derna busted early Monday, and they caused pressure from the rain to uh, basically bust through, and it just start wiping out downtown Derna in Libya. So as I said, a lot of things got washed away. A lot of things got uh, swept and they're buried under mud and debris that contains uh, overturned cars and chunks of concrete. And the Associated Press would say that the death toll is a sword to 11,300 people or dead. And that's not a, that's not good as well as 10,100 have been reported missing. So combine that up, that's 21,400 people just either 
dead or missing. That is ridiculous. And this is all coming from, again, a natural disaster. And it's horrible. As I've been saying on uh, my previous episodes, the world is changing. Again, the world is changing real quickly. It's changing rapidly with the weather and everything happening. You're starting to see a lot of things unfold. And it seems that a lot of people are being taken out by the weather. And a lot of people are not like prepared for things of this magnitude. And I don't think nobody could be prepared for anything like this. Because if you have two dams that are trying to block something, you think that's going to hold it up. But once it buzzes open, you're done. You're out of here. So, again, I feel sorry for the people in Libya. My hearts and prayer goes out to you guys. And, again, I just want everyone to, again, be well-adjusted enough. Or at least try to make plans for things to happen in your neck of the woods. Keep your eyes out for the weather and uh do the best that you can to try to uh make your home safe and also make yourself safe as well because anything can happen because as I'm going to continually say the world is changing and I need everyone to pick up on that and I need everyone to constantly just keep that in the back of their head and just try to uh stay safe now moving over into an update that I have to provide you guys with on a story that I talked about last week um, a white Massachusetts teen, he has been charged with attempted murder of a black teen, uh, John Sharon. He was in court this week. At one time, he was not going to be released. He was held without bond. Now he has been uh, released to the custody of his father after the court appearance. And that's about it. And one more thing before I do move off this topic. Um, the prosecution did say during this uh, trial date or this court appearance here, if you will, um, that happened on Monday, that hours after the initial near-drowning incident, John Sharon got into a fight with a teen of Asian descent, punching him in the face and calling him slurs. So right now they're trying to state that John Sharon, or at least they're trying to prove that John Sharon has some kind of hate problems, like race hate problems, aka some form of racism. So I'm not sure how that's going to affect John Sharon's uh, case, how it's going to either help or uh, damn his uh, trial, I have no idea. Everything's always so up in the air, and especially with it being in Massachusetts, with uh, Massachusetts kind of having its own history of racism, I'm not sure how that's going to either benefit or damn John Sharon, to be honest. But for people that are not aware of this incident, John Sharon, he is a 14-year-old boy who... Last month, or in July, if you will, because they said this happened in July, so it wasn't last month. Again, got to make sure everything's correct here. Um, him and another buddy of his almost drowned a black teen who the black teen thought that they were friends. And as the black teen was like trying to get away on his bike, John Sharon and another boy would throw rocks at the black teen. And this is just disgusting. Again, you guys can check out the last episode to really get my uh, understanding and me laying out everything in front of you. But just in general, this whole thing is disgusting. It's nasty. And I'm not sure what's going to happen um, with this case. Hopefully this kid or teenager, if you will, will be sentenced and be found guilty of the charges. And hopefully he gets to sit down somewhere and get to really evaluate and look at his life decisions and uh, change his ways. Because People in the past, or people have passed, and certain people might not 
have been the person that everyone necessarily liked or they done things that uh, people necessarily liked as in racist behaviors, do things that are just racist or do things that they were taught growing up. And when they become grown or they start learning better, they move away from those ideologies and they start picking up on actually becoming a great human being. So hopefully whatever happens in this case happens. And again, for the prosecution to have a witness statement and for the prosecution to have a statement from the actual victim, hopefully this will lead to a conviction and allow this 14-year-old kid to uh, think about what he has done. But we'll have to wait and see as time and the trial will actually do happen. There's still no trial date as of right now, to my understanding. I looked for it. I couldn't find nothing. So there's still no trial date for this uh, situation, but we'll wait and see when more uh, information comes out. And once it does, I'll bring it back to you because this this situation right here, I want to keep my eye on it uh, real closely. Now, with that out of the way, when next up, I want to talk about Danilio Cavacante. Danilio Cavacante is the Pennsylvania escape prisoner who got captured this past week. Uh, Danilio Cavacante was um, roaming around Pennsylvania for two weeks. I didn't think that would have been the smartest move. You would think since you are literally a guy who escaped prison, you would want to try to get out of the exact same state that is supposed to imprison you. You would think that's what you're supposed to do, at least when you escape somewhere. It's like if someone escapes uh, the schoolyard, you're not going to stay literally within 10 miles of that schoolyard. No, you try to go farther and farther. That might be a poor analogy, but do you get what I mean? You would think for those two weeks that he was free, he would at least try to uh, run off to a different state, which people might say, Gerald, that's pretty hard on foot. Yeah, but there's a difference. If you just constantly hijack cars or hijack cars, you can easily get out of a state. And there's always someone that's going to try to help somebody, even if they're on like the side of the road, like those uh, hitchhikers. His hikers from somewhere, somehow, they always get to where they got to go. There's always somebody that's going to put their neck out on the line. And that didn't happen here with uh, Danilo Cavacante. And you would think it would have happened since he didn't look like his mugshot. Well, the photo that was plastered up on the news uh, stations whenever they constantly talked about this exact guy. Every time they would post up the video or a photo of him, you will see him with a small mini like fro I'll say like small hair on his head and a little scruffy beard and then when they played the video of him literally escaping uh, the jail doing the crab walk on the uh, prison walls he had braided hair and I believe he still has some like facial hair on his face listen here you can cut your facial hair off and you'll look like a different person but if you really wanted to go the whole full way he should have just cut his whole hair off then nobody would have suspected him because he probably would have looked at looked like some other individuals. And what people probably could have said is that somebody would just be uh, racial profiling him, if we're going to be honest. But that didn't happen here. He kept uh, his hair. He just shaved off his facial hair. But that's not the miraculous part to me about this whole story. Yeah, he was on the run for two weeks. Yeah, they eventually caught him. That's was going to be ha- going to happen. That was destined. But once they caught him, they interviewed him for four hours to get detail out of him to see where he was going to go. Now, 
take that in for a minute. You, <laughs> you escape from a place and you're on the run and somebody catches you, the people that they're supposed to catch. They catch you and now they sit with you for how many hours? In his case, four hours. They sit with you for four hours for them to ask you questions about where were you going if you were going to make it out of here. That sounds pretty lunacy to me. Why does it matter? You got him in your grips. You got him in your premise. Go and put him back where he needs to go so you can be done with it and call it a day. There's no need to talk to him for four hours to figure out. So basically, you want him to self-snitch on himself some more to see if he was going to say, well, I was going to go to this buddy or that buddy to see if they were going to help me out. That's all that whole four hours interview was about. Again, that sounds ridiculous to me. But, hey, police officers, they do their own business. They got their own way of handling things. But just think with that for a minute. You capture someone, and now you have to talk to them for how many hours just to see if they're going to try to rat out or just explain what they're going to do. That's lunacy on the police part, but it's also lunacy on the <laughs> Cavacante's part for him to even divulge what he was going to do. He did eventually end up giving them some information, which again, that sounds nuts to me because if you're able to sneak out of a situation the way that he was able to, I'm not surprised if he's able to do it again because uh, they say during the... Um, during this situation whenever he was uh, roaming around freely, they would talk about how he basically looked at and watched someone else escape the exact same way. So he basically patterned that his way out the exact same way someone else did it before him. So, again, with that being the situation, that tells me that this guy is a sponge. So if he sees something, he's going to think about it and he's going to want to try to do it. And for me, once again... If you once try to escape, best believe you're going to try it again. And why would you want to divulge any of your secrets to these people about where you're going? That's beyond my comprehension. That's not for me to understand. That's all for the police officers and Cavacante to figure that out. Again, Cavacante, now he has to stay in jail. More or less, they're going to tack more time onto his uh, sentence because you escaped the prison, bro. And now you had us waste our time to try to find you. So... Yeah, they're going to take more time onto his uh, sentencing. So hopefully those two weeks of freedom was worth it because now you got more time to sit inside of a cell. And hopefully if he's smart and I'm not advising this, let me just make this perfectly clear. I'm just saying he was a sponge soaking up the way someone else escaped. If he's going to be into a new uh, prison system, he might try to uh, figure out how to escape this new one. That's just me and my thought process of it. But again, now the Pennsylvania uh, legal system is going to have to figure that out with homeboy, what type of uh, system they want to put them in. But again, not for me to figure out, nor do I care. But hey, it is what it is on that one. Now, next up, El Chapo's wife has been released from federal custody on Wednesday after completing a three-year sentence for helping him run his multi-billion dollar criminal empire, the Federal Bureau of Prisons would say. Emma Espero, I hope I'm saying that right, who pleaded guilty in 2021 to three federal offenses as part of a plea deal with federal prosecutors has been moved 
From a Texas prison to a California halfway house prior to her release, she will now serve four years of supervised release. Okay, so they still technically have her uh, under lockdown, but it's not as punishable as prison is. So they have her in a halfway house. More than likely, she's trying to uh, work somewhere. That's the way that halfway houses are, I believe. If you're in a halfway house, you still got like an ankle monitor. You still got to be somewhere by an appropriate time, but uh, you're able to at least work. And I don't think you're supposed to be doing any type of uh, substance because if you do, I believe you go back to jail. That's how usually some type of uh, people have their uh, halfway deal set up. But yeah, El Chapo's wife, she has been uh, out of prison. Now she's in a halfway house. That was something that I did not know nothing about. I just know about Chapo. I don't know about his people. I know about his kids being arrested, but... The wife, I forgot about it. If I did talk about it, I forgot. And this thing popped on my radar and I thought, okay. So she's now been released, but now she's in a halfway house. So um, she's going to be working somewhere. And I'm pretty sure she still probably got connections that probably are still working for her. She's probably still having ways to get money. Uh, <laughs> getting money ways that I think the government knows. I'm going to be completely honest. If she helped him run a multi-billion dollar criminal empire there's no way she knows to have money somewhere there's no way that you're going to just now have her in a halfway house and you don't think that she's come on now this is just me thinking here she is not just going to be working at no freaking target or walmart or a whatever the case may have you yes that might be a way for her to work there for a little bit but she's not going to be there doing that for four years that's not happening now if she is smart and she has money laid off somewhere, then I'll say, okay, cool. I can see someone doing it for four years. But if you're telling me she's penniless and she's not getting no money from her empire, from her, well, from her operation, if you will, even just a little couple of five figures here and there monthly from that operation, you mean to tell me that's not happening? Nah, I don't believe in none of that. I believe that operation is still going as full-fledged and i think she's still getting money point blank period but we'll have to wait and see hopefully she keeps her nose clean hopefully if she does it right and again i'm not advertising this i'm just speaking realistically here if it's done right she's still making money from her enterprise and i'm going to be completely honest again i live in the real world here and if you tell me if you strip me of my multi-billion dollar criminal empire that's what you're trying to do as the feds you're stripping me of that. You mean to me I'm not making money that way. You have me in a place. Yo, come on now, dog. I'm pretty sure the feds know she's still getting money somewhere somehow. I'm just me thinking that out loud. That's just me. Now, the next one up to be served up, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden has been uh, indicted on gun charges. As has come from CNN, President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, has been indicted by special counsel David Wise in connection with a gun he purchased in 2018, the first time in U.S. history the Justice Department has charged the child of a sitting president. The three charges include making false statements on a federal firearms form and possession of a firearm as a prohibited person. It's an extraordinary turn of events after his original plea deal collapsed and potentially sets up a dramatic trial in the middle of his father's 2024 re-election bid. I'm saying now, my man ain't going to be doing no jail time. Hunter Biden's not doing no jail time at all. Not a dime. Not a lick. Not a nothing. His father is the president. Yo, I'm still tripping over the fact that they found a powdery substance in the White House and they just like swept that under the rug. 
yes, they said it was uh, drug paraphernalia, but they just said that they could never find out who it was. Dog, come on now. Again, I'm not saying who it is, but we all got to can figure out who it is if they don't want to say it like that. Again, I'm not going to say who, who I'm thinking it is because, again, could be sued just out of the blue or I could just be kicked off somewhere. Not trying to have that. But if you know, you know. Um, but Hunter Biden, he is not going to spend not a bit of time in jail. It's not happening. And I don't blame, uh, I don't blame nepotism on this one. Because if you, my father or my mother is the president of the United States, are you kidding me? They're going to make sure I'm not going to be going to jail at all. And Joe Biden is going to make sure his kids doesn't go to jail. People might say that's abuse of power. Listen, say what you will. I'm not mad at any parent that's going to save their kid from going to a place that's like jail or prison. I'm just going to be blunt with you. I'm not going to get mad at them for that. Yes, it is a crappy thing as an extraordinary person or just a casual person. It sucks because you think that that person shouldn't have no special treatment or special privileges. But when you look at the big grand scheme of things and you stop getting out of that uh, ideology of world, and you get into the real world of what we live in. Nepotism runs it. You see people in colleges, they are in college because of nepotism. You see people that are in these high positions in college. Let me make it perfectly clear. Like you see some of the sororities, you can't truly get into some sororities or fraternities without being uh, born into that type of lifestyle for your mother or father wasn't already into it, then it makes it way more harder for you to get into it. Uh, that could be other college, that could be a fraternity, that could be any, any type of business ordeal. You know what I'm talking about. This whole thing right here with Hunter Biden is just straight up nepotism. It screams it, and it is what it is. I don't see him going to spend no jail time here. I don't see him doing any type of time. I think this is just uh, one thing to just combat with the other because Joe Biden has to deal with this. While Trump has to deal with his other stuff that he's still going through with. And they're talking about how this could play a part in Joe Biden's eventual uh, run for president next year. Listen, you say what you want. I think we're going to go back to Joe Biden versus Trump next year. Presidency uh, role. Who's going to be the president. And both of them are just going to be throwing lobbies at one another. Joe Biden's going to mention Trump uh, trying to get the voting in his a mugshot. Trump's going to throw up Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, probably doing some paraphernalia and also with his gun charges. Like I said, it's going to be a slinging of insults back and forth. And that's the crazy thing about this. When we really stop to think about it, the legit past two presidents, this one and last one, there has not been as much news coverage on presidents other than these two, at least to my understanding. Barack Obama, yeah, he has certain things, but not as bad as a Trump, not as bad as a Biden. And Trump, he did that to himself. He was able just to be out and talk about this and talk about that. That's the reason why he became newsworthy. While Biden, on the other hand, yes, he's done certain things. Yes, he has gotten old and he's probably missed a couple steps on the, uh, uh, God, when he was climbing up the uh, stairs. That's what they got him with Sleepy Joe mess and being old for that. And his son, Hunter Biden, his problems, that's what Joe is facing. But Obama, uh, the Clinton dude, and even Bush, there has not been as much talks about presidencies, uh, reigns, as much as literally 
the Biden era now and even Trump's era. There hasn't been as much as this. People might say because the social media wasn't as big as it is now, which I'll give them that. But dog, the news is constantly either talking about Joe Biden or his son, Hunter Biden, during this reign of presidency for Biden. And then last president, we already know Trump, he was documented. That man would talk about any and everything. And the news constantly talked about him. So for the past two presidents, literally, we had nothing but just controversy and it had to be talked about. And I don't feel no other president has ever had that. And again, that just states how crazy this whole thing is. So again, next year, whenever we see Trump and Biden once again go back at it, expect a lot of them just throwing bombs at one another. And I'm talking about verbal bombs, insults, and personal insults, the way this is going now. That's all I'm saying. Now, next up, I want to talk about the investigation that's happening in Seattle Police Department. As this comes from ABC News, a Seattle Police Accountability Office is investigating after an officer was recorded on his body camera joking about the death of a 23-year-old woman who was fatally struck by another officer who was responding to a call. Graduating student Janavi Kandula was in a crosswalk the night of January 23rd when an officer struck her with his patrol SUV. Police said the officer, Kevin Dave, was driving 74 miles per hour moments before the collision, according to the Seattle Police Department's investigation report provided to the King County Prosecuting Attorney's Office. Dave was responding as an emergency medical technician to a Priority 1 emergency call at the time, police said. Officer Daniel Otter responded to the scene to evaluate Dave and determined he did not show any signs of impairment according to the investigation report. In newly released body camera footage, Daniel can be heard discussing the incident while on the phone in his cruiser. He's going 50 miles per hour. That's not out of control. That's not reckless for a train driver, Daniel said during the phone call, which, according to the video's timestamp, occurred on January the 23rd. Well, 24th, excuse me. The other person he is talking to cannot be heard during the call. After discussing whether she was in the crosswalk and how far she was thrown, Daniel says she is dead and laughs several seconds later. Towards the end of the two and a half minute video, Daniel says, yeah, just write a check, followed by laughter. $11,000. She was 26 anyway, he said, misstating Kandula's age. She had limited value. So that video footage will be released to the public on Monday, saying the video was identified by a department employee who was concerned about the nature of the statements heard on that video and brought it to the uh, chief's office. Following a review of the video, the chief referred the matter to the police department's independent office of police accountability to determine any policy violation that might be implicated, the police department said in a statement on Monday. So they're constantly going through this right now. They're investigating this, and it's disgusting. It's nasty. No officer, nobody should be laughing about things like this. People might say that's dark humor because police officers see things on a daily-to-day basis, but you got to have some humanity. There are people that are probably in the nursing field or um, doctors in their field that probably see some nasty, wicked stuff and that they probably have some 
dark sense of humor, but they're not going to laugh about it because they still have humanity. Now, I'm not going to say all of them are not going to laugh. There's always going to be some, but you got to be. And here's the thing. You have to be <laughs> aware of your surroundings. Police officers, I'm not certain if they still remember this or not. You are wearing body camera footage. Now, certain police officers in certain states, they will mess with their body camera footage. Some of them might not have it on. Some of them might have it on. But sometimes the video gets chopped and edited, just saying. And that's how certain things get lost in the sauce in certain uh, police departments, how they're able to uh, mess with certain things. But just hear me out. This thing is nasty. You are not the determiner to decide if someone has limited value. I understand you're an officer. Again, and again, sick sense of humor certain people have in this lifetime. But you, as a person that sees life or death, and you, <laughs> in your line of field, you decide if someone's going to live and or die as a police officer. You do not have the right to say someone has limited value. That's disgusting. And just to throw it off casually and say, just write a check. That's disgusting. That's nasty, bro. If anything, this guy should be fired alone for that because that tells you what he's thinking. That tells you how this officer is thinking. And for this to now come out as we're in September. I'll say it again. We're in September and this incident happened in January. That means the police station has been sitting on this footage for about a good eight months, seven and a half months to eight months. They've been sitting on this footage. That's disgusting. This thing should have been caught at least in February or at least in March. I can give some leeway for that, but you mean to tell me it comes out now in September. That's disgusting, bro. The year is literally almost done, and I'm glad the let me stop. I'm glad that the footage is out and the parents are able to hear this footage. I understand it's going to be disheartening for them to hear, but they at least know that an officer did do this. That's for one. And two, they at least can get a civil suit out of this. Now, people might say, what's a civil suit going to do? Well, it's called give the parents some type of money. And guess what? I'll say this again as long as I live. For change to happen in certain situations, you have to hit people where it hurts, and a lot of the times, it hurts in people's pockets. Police officers, they don't get paid as much. That's why you see a lot of them already get frustrated and angry at as it is. So when you take money out of a police station's pocket or their whole type of deal, it's going to piss them off more. And if anything, there's going to have at least some trickle-down effect to at least hopefully that officer who was laughing on body camera footage and just said it out of his mouth just so casually to say, just write another check. And this person had limited value. That's disgusting. That's nasty. So that gives the parents some ability to sue the police station for money and get whatever type of money they can get out of it, hopefully to get it a lot, because that's nasty. That's nasty, and there's nobody, I don't believe there's no court that's going to back up uh, the humane side of an officer who's supposed to be protecting service uh, a community just to say out of your own mouth that person was a limited value that's no 
again, I don't think no jury, I don't believe no walk of life is going to uh, agree to that. I don't believe no walk of life is going to concede to that. So again, I think the family has a uh, case on their hands, to be completely honest. But we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. I'm hoping, I'm just going to be completely honest, I hope that the officer who killed this girl goes to jail for that because even if it's an accident, you still kill someone, bro, trying to go to somewhere in a hurry. Dog, that's that. That's one. And two, this guy right here, he needs to be held accountable for just saying that on body camera footage. Again, you got to be self-aware of what you are recording and know that you are being recorded as a police officer because your job, again, is to protect and serve. At least that's what you guys are selling to the public. So, it is what it is. We'll find out what more information comes out. And once it does, I'll be back here to talk about it. Now, continuing on, I want to talk about the University of North Carolina. Uh, Chapel Hill campus was put on lockdown for the second time in two weeks after an armed person waved a gun inside of a bagel shop, as has come from the Independent. An alarm was sent out at 12.54 p.m. on Wednesday asking students and staff to go inside now and to avoid windows because of the threat on or near campus. An all-clear alert was put out at 2.10. An officer told the Daily Tar Hill that the incident came when the suspect allegedly brandished a gun at Alpine Bagel over an employment-related conflict. No shots were fired, and police said that the suspect, Michael Dante Harris, 27, was arrested around 2.45 p.m. just north of campus. This marks the second terrifying incident at the school in just over two weeks. On the 28th of August, the campus was on lockdown for hours amidst reports of an armed and dangerous person, and that was the grad student who uh, shot his associate professor. So with this being the second shooting in uh, two weeks, I do have to wonder what's going on with people in the school systems and even the security and like things that's going on around the campuses. I never had no type of uh, alert to go down at my campus when I did go to uh, college. That never happened. Yeah, we had like a uh, drill just to alert people what to do if something were to happen, but none of it ever came to fruition, at least for me. So I'm glad for that. I'm glad for my uh, younger sibling as well, who was in college with me when we did it. But um, I just don't know what to say about things that are happening like this now. This is becoming more of a normal thing, and it's disgusting. Because when you think about it, even if you are an adult and you're going off to uh, a college, or you're a teenager, you're leaving out of high school to go to college, it's your first time away from uh, your parents, you don't think that maybe this might be your last day on this earth because somebody's going to walk in with a gun. You don't think none of that. I just don't understand why somebody's going to try to run up into a university or a college or an institute or even the elementary schools or the private schools or the middle schools or high schools. I don't understand the thought process of someone having a gun and just going up into these places. I don't get it. It's lost on my head. It's lost on me. I just will never get it. Whenever these uh, school shooting reports come out and the details come out, it's always something that you always scratch your head at. 
But um, yeah, it just didn't vibe with me when I saw that this uh, week. And it's continuing to not vibe with me more and more because this is becoming sickening more and more. And it's, again, as I said already, becoming the normal. It's becoming the normal, and I think we're going to continue to see more of it. And it's just sad to see, to be completely honest. Um, Parents, if you have kids in college, call them up. Check on them daily. And I don't care if they get uh, angry about it or they might get uh, hmm, tired of it. You're still a parent. You're, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to check in on them. And also uh, teenagers or even adults that have uh, parents that are checking on them. And I say adults because they might not want to be called teenagers. People that are 20, 21, etc. that are in college. Accept uh, that your parents calling you. Accept that your siblings are calling you because they just want to make sure that you're okay. They want to make sure that you're safe. And um, they just care about you, all right? Don't be too uh, upset with them. Because they're checking in on you. So, again, that's just me. I just want to put that out there to the world. Please just uh, continue to check in on your people to make sure that you and your uh, people are good. Especially the people that are in uh, these universities and also these school initiatives as a whole. Now, next up, TSA agents. They are stealing from uh, passengers' uh, bags at the airport checkout. Video shows TSA agents stealing from passengers' bags at airport checkout. The Independent uh, would report as the viral video that's been lurking around comes from Miami uh, International Airport. Again, Florida, you guys are never disappointing me here. Whenever you think of something that could be out of the box, it's always Florida. And boy, did it not disappoint here. Uh, surveillance footage was released by Florida State Attorney's Office appears to show security Screeners, unzipping bags, and pocketing items belonging to passengers before sending them through the CT scanner. Now, the three agents that were arrested for this activity back in July were Liberius Williams, 33, Jose Gonzalez, 20, and Elizabeth Fester, 22. However, it is believed that the charges has been dropped against Ms. Fester, and she has been released according to CBS. Now, in the surveillance video from July 29th, there's almost 20 minutes of footage that properly shows Mr. Williams and Mr. Gonzalez stealing items from bags. In one clip, an agent opens up a small pocket at the front of a bag. On the conveyor belt, he slides out a wallet and then continues to stay with the bag right until he pushes it through the CT scanner, then puts his hands in his pockets. In another clip, you can see the two agents focusing on on one corner of one of the security trays before one of the agents puts an item in his pocket. Now, according to the arrest report, Miami International Airport's federal security director contacted Miami-Dade police about ongoing thefts at the security checkpoint in Concourse E. I think they had a lot of nerve because don't they realize they're on camera? Passenger David Caban told CBS News. These are places that are monitored so much. What are they thinking? According to a police report obtained by CBS, the pair is accused of removing $600 from a passenger's wallet while the passenger was in the screening process. The report said they would distract passengers as they were being screened to steal monies from their belongings. All right. I don't think I need to read anymore for you guys to understand how someone is stupid. Yet again, you guys are being recorded you guys are in a place that you guys know you guys are being recorded now if you don't know this i don't know what to tell you i don't know how dumb you are for this you're just stupid i don't 
Okay, piece of advice for anybody. Just want to just throw it out here. Free advice. Free. When you go into a place, just look up. Look up and look around. I guarantee you, you'll see some cameras looking right back at you. That's all you got to do. And if you do not have common sense to do that, just always think that a camera is watching you. So you won't <laughs> act on your worst behavior or your worst impulse of ideas. That's all you got to do. Especially if you're working a job like a TSA agent, dog. You are screening people. You're looking into people's items. You're trying to make sure they don't have any type of things that shouldn't be on their purses or what what may have you. But instead of doing that, you decide, you know what, I'm going to steal items from these people. I'm going to steal money. I'm going to steal personal belongings. No. And again, I'm surprised other people didn't realize this whenever they get their stuff back. Dog, I look at my stuff. Whenever I get my stuff back, I'm too paranoid, bro. I got to look into it just to make sure everything's still good. And and you know the funny part? I will look at my uh thing going right into the CT scan. As soon as I place it in there, I keep my lock in right on my freaking stuff. And even though it's going through the CT thing and they start to already like have you go through, put your arms up and all that crap. I still try to keep my eyes, sometimes try to lock it in just to make sure nobody's messing with it. And then even after the fact, I still got to check my bags. I'm that paranoid. And I don't understand how people are able to not notice if their items are missing like that. Like, do they start looking after that out of the TSA as they're sitting down or do they not look? They just, again, this is all just me going out of my own thought process, my own thought bubbles here. But again, Anybody that's a stupid idiot, and you know you're stupid, let me just say this now. I want you to look up at any office or any building that you go into. Just look up, look around on those ceilings. You're going to see cameras. And again, if you feel that you have an impulse that you're going to steal, just look up. And I guarantee you a camera is somewhere around looking at you. And let that be the determining factor of whether you should steal or not. And if you still had the feeling that you want to steal after that, then I'm just going to say you're an idiot. That's all I got to say for this. That's it. Um, On to more people striking. I'm telling you, striking is the new thing. People are starting to go on strikes more and more. Uh, the United Auto Workers have decided to go on strike against Ford, GM, and another like big car company. Um. They just going on strike. They want 40% more pay. And I'm not mad at it. This is proven to you right now. People want more pay. And it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not being greedy. People want more pay because guess what? The price of living is going up. The price of food has went up. The price of everything has gone up. You know, the funny thing is too, by the way, I don't know if people... Uh, have seen this, but my news station covered this. They talked about how uh, now people have to pay for their own COVID uh, testing in certain uh, health departments. They will tell you uh, where you can get free COVID health, health uh, testings. But now more than ever, people are starting to now have to pay for these COVID testings. Uh, certain businesses are no longer covering it. Certain 
places are no longer covering it. You have to now come out of pocket for a COVID testing. Again, COVID is out here. There's more information that's going to be coming out about COVID more and more. Again, I want people to be aware of that. But when people are going on strike, it fits into the pay raise. People want to be paid more. That's it. I think that's not a bad thing for people to get what they want, especially when you are the lifeblood that's making these companies go. I understand the big wigs, they might uh, get the contracts and all this type of crap just so the business can go on the contract run. But when you got the workers who are literally the parts that make this machine constantly go and they're not getting paid well, that's a problem. And I'm happy when I hear about these people going on strike against these big companies. That's a great thing because it's telling these companies, hey, we need to get paid. We need to be paid what we're worth. And you know what we're worth. And we know what we're worth. So give us the bread. Give us what we are rightfully not just deserved, but we earn. Give it to us. We we need that. And again, I hope that these people are able to get what they want. I hope that the writers are able to get what they want from Hollywood. Because I said before, and I say it again, these writers, the people that make these movies, these televisions, these just even these uh, online series, the writers, man, boy, people about to find, find out in the fall, the dog, y'all about to be stuck with a whole lot of reruns and a whole lot of reality shows. And a lot of people are going to not like it. So again, I hope that the writers get what they want as well, because as I said before in previous episodes, entertainment, they calm people down. People turn on their TVs just to uh, watch TV, watch um, shows, watch movies, just to relieve their stress from their everyday job. That's what they want. And if they got to turn on to watch a rerun, that's going to piss off a lot of people, a lot of individuals. So, again, I hope that these people get the money that they not just deserve, but they earned. Because that's what they earned, bro. These big wigs, they need to be forking up the cash. And also, I do want to say this right now. I stand with the writers. I stand with the actors that are on strike right now. However, I do want to make this, again, abundantly clear when I say this. I'm not mad at the talk show hosts that are going back to doing their jobs, a.k.a. the Drew Barrymore's, a.k.a. the Bill Mars, the View, the Talk, all these people. I'm not mad at them for also going back to job because you have people that are not people that write the scripts for them, but you have people that set up the lights. You have people that uh, do equipment. You have all these people that are out of the jobs right now and that they decided to go back to their job with these people working there. They have to make a living as well. Now, I don't know about the whole strike if the uh, lighting and the people that work backstage and all that type of stuff, were they a part of the strike along with the writers? If that's the case, then that's wrong. But if they're not a part of the strike, if they're not a part of the people that were uh, wanting more money, I'm not mad at them going back to work. I'm not, because they got bills to pay. Bills do not quit. Bills do not end. Bills constantly keep going. 
and any adult knows that and any college person or anybody that's having to uh live not gonna say on their own but just be the adult person in their household and even have to pay their bills for their parents and they give them the money they know what it's all about and for these people to live in hollywood for these people to work in these big uh production places they have to fit their bills they have to pay their bills bro they're not trying to just well window out on the savings or their kids college funds and drain that dry hey man they gotta go back to work so again i stand with the writers but i'm not gonna be mad at the bill maher and the drew barrymore and all these other talk show hosts that decided to go back because one they want to make money that's one and two uh you got people that are in production that has to make money as well so i'm not mad at them but i also do stand with the writers and i understand why the writers are pissed off at the daytime uh, talk show host. So again, it's a damn if you, damn if you don't situation. I hope both sides can at least understand what each other is doing. But again, the big fight is more pay, bigger pay for people in Hollywood. And that's what it's all about. So hopefully the people will uh, get their just due and hopefully they get paid what they're supposed to get paid. Now, before I get you guys out of here, this is one last topic I want to talk about. And this kind of is going back to something that I mentioned like way early in my days of uh, podcasting on this particular show. Um, I talked about marriage kind of being over, being said and done, like the idea of people being together and being under a union type base, like marriage, like the government style, that kind of thing's done. I'm saying it over and over again. I've said that in my personal life. I'm saying it now here, and I've said it before, and I'll reinstate that again. Marriage is over, bruh. If you want to just be with your partner, you and your partner just being together, living with one another, cool. But that whole government marriage thing, that's over. Because this past week, we not only had one, not two, but three marriages kind of call it quits. We got the Joe Jonas and uh, Sophie Turner thing. They're calling that quits. We have the marriage of Hugh Jackman and his wife splitting after what 27 years that stuff came out what on a Friday but they're deciding to split amicably that's what their uh specialist well not specialist their spokesperson uh would put out there to everyone and the couple would release a statement exclusively to people we have been blessed to share almost three decades together as husband and wife in a wonderful loving marriage our journey now is shifting and we have decided to separate to pursue our individual growth. Our family has been and always will be our highest priority. We undertake this next chapter with uh, gratitude, love, and kindness. We greatly appreciate your understanding and respecting our privacy as our family navigates this transition in all of our lives. And the site in the statement was signed by uh, Deb and Hugh Jackman. And the final couple that kind of well called it quits was rapper uh, Jeezy and his wife. Jeezy would go to file for divorce. And that came to a shock. And when I told my mother about this, she was completely blindsided by this. She thought this was fake. And I said, nope, this comes from TMZ. And as I've stated famously, TMZ have the rats. Somehow, some way, they be finding out things before a lot of individuals. And I call TMZ rats. But hey, you got to have a world with rats. It is what it is. Um, Jeezy's calling the quits on his marriage. And again, that was a shock to my mother because uh, Jeezy's wife, would just post up a Instagram post last week celebrating her husband's uh, becoming a New York Times bestseller with his book. So that came to a shock, and I'm pretty sure it came to a shock to a lot of people, probably within their inner circle. They probably knew certain things were on the horizon, but again, you never know with this age of 
social media and people putting things out there to celebrate your spouse. And next thing you know, it seems that on everybody on the outside, they're good. But on the inside, they are not good. But again, nobody knows. More information might come out or not. But I take that as clear signs that, yo, it is over. The game of marriage is over. The whole union base of government is over. As I've stated, if you want to be with someone long term, cool. If you want to stay with someone, cool. I would rather have someone be uh, a couple as in the sense of me and you are together without the government being in our business. We'll handle and we'll move together as a couple. But whatever we and you want to take a break or we want to like cut it off, it stays between me and you. We cut it off that way. The government never has to be involved with any of our business and we can just go about our business. So that's the way I see this whole lifestyle of quote unquote marriages going forward. People just being together and uh, not having the government involved and people will be able to break off whenever they feel like they need to break off. But yeah, this just further proves my point and reinforces it that uh, marriage, that whole thing is done. Couples being together just by themselves, that's just going to be the case. I think if... You know what? I'm calling it now. If uh, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively happen to call it quits, and those two, they seem to really love one another. They seem to like be the couple that you know that they're just having a fun time. They jack and uh, joke with each other. You can tell by the way that they tweet at each other from time to time lovingly and the way they post crap on Instagram lovingly and jokingly. If those two call it quits, I think that would have the world further be on my side of the argument of uh, marriage and government-wise, it's done. And you can just be together just as, well, people. But again, we'll wait and see with that. But I just wanted to throw that out there to further prove that to also let everyone know that, trust me, you probably don't want to get married anytime soon. Don't do it. Just stay with your person and just have that ceremony of a commitment ceremony to one another. Don't call it a marriage. Just call it a commitment ceremony. And then once you guys decide what y'all do, that's between you two and the government has nothing to do with it. Now, with that out of the way, it's time for me to get you guys out of here. I want to thank all the podcast sites that allowed me to be on their stations, whether it be Apple, Amazon, uh, Google, Podbeam, all the other uh, podcast sites, because without them, I wouldn't be able to get this podcast out to you guys, the listenerships, the downloaders. And I want to like to thank you guys, the downloaders, because without you, I would not be able to uh, get this to everyone in the world. I want to thank you guys for downloading and listening to one guy who has his own opinions about things and just speak about it. Because without you guys, I'll just be one guy talking to a mic into a black void. And that's just what the reality of it would be. So, I want to thank you guys so much. And as usual, always remember... I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I do love you all. That's not a gimmick. This is the real person talking to you guys. I truly do mean that. I love you. I really do appreciate you. Hopefully, this podcast spreads out more and gets more world uh, acknowledgement. But we'll have to wait and see as time goes. And, uh, yeah... I want to say thank you to everyone that downloaded. I want to thank everyone. I hope you guys have a great week. Please uh, make your week the best for you. As I stated at the beginning of the show, try to make it work for you the best that you can. And uh, yeah, 
I'll speak to you guys next week. I do want to always inform you guys. I do have a midweek episode that always comes out every Wednesday where I talk about any and everything. And I always end it off with Song of the Week. Song of the Week this week was John Bastis featuring Lil Wayne on Easy. I suggest you go listen to that. Um, for people that watch professional wrestling, I talk about that every Saturday. And I just got done talking about that. It's on the Saturday episode that's available right now. Wrestling Highlights of the Week if you want to check that out. And as usual... Every Sunday, I come back here talking to you guys about things that's happening in the news in the world for my Sunday episodes. So, now with that out of the way, this is a goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. This has been my Two Cents podcast presented by G2. He is I, am I, him. I love you all. I thank you. Hey, Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Jesus wept.